Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are continuing on in our series of sermons all about prayer. And yes, I know that sometimes we spend so much time talking about prayer inside of the church that it feels like we couldn't possibly have anything new to say on the subject. But here's something that I've learned as I've continued to work on the series. We are all on a journey in faith. None of us have arrived at our final destination, so we're all still works in progress. And that means that every one of us still has something that we can learn about prayer. And we all have things that we can do that will make us better prayers. So in this episode, I want to share with you one of the most important things that I've learned about prayer in my entire life. So with that in mind, let's get right into this episode sermon. A couple of weeks here at Melbourne Heights, we have been talking about prayer. But as we get started today, I have a little bit of a confession that I want to make to you. When I first started working on this sermon series about prayer, I felt kind of silly. And I think I felt kind of silly to work on this sermon series about prayer for a couple of different reasons. And the first reason I felt kind of silly to work on this sermon series is because prayer is so woven into everything that we do as a church. Just think about it for a minute. We pray as part of all of our worship services, and we pray to end all of our small group meetings, and we pray to start all of our team meetings and committee meetings, and we share our prayer concerns and our prayer requests with each other through phone calls and text messages and email chains. It's not an uncommon sight to see people praying together before or after one of our worship services in the hallway. So prayer is woven into everything that we do as a church. And there's a good reason why prayer is woven into everything that we do as a church. John Calvin, who is one of the most influential theologians of the last 500 years, sums this reason up for us pretty well when he says that prayer is the chief exercise of our faith. Prayer is the chief exercise of our faith. And because prayer is the chief exercise of our faith, That means that prayer is important to us, so we talk about it a whole lot at church. So we preach sermons about prayer. We teach Bible studies on prayer. Sometimes we even have weekend retreats where we focus in on how we can be better at praying. So prayer is woven into everything that we do as a church. So as I started to think about the sermon series, I kind of wondered, Is there anything new that I can even say about the topic and the subject of prayer at all? And because it feels kind of silly to preach a sermon series if you're not going to have anything new to say on the topic. But that's only one of the reasons why it felt kind of silly to work on this series on prayer. The other reason why it felt kind of silly for me to work on this series is because whenever I start working on any sermon series... I like to feel like I really know what I'm talking about when it comes to that particular topic or that particular subject. But when it comes to prayer, I don't consider myself to be an expert. Now, I've been a Christian for almost 32 years. So there have been plenty of times over the last 32 years when I have struggled with prayer. There have been plenty of times over the last 32 years when I haven't been able to find the words that I wanted to say when I was praying. There have been plenty of times over the last 32 years when I felt like my prayers didn't make it past the ceiling. There have been plenty of times over the last 32 years where I've gone not only days, but weeks without praying much at all. 
So since I'm not exactly an expert, or don't consider myself to be an expert on the topic of prayer, it felt kind of silly to work on this series. But here we are. We're three weeks into the series talking about prayer, so how did we get to this point if I felt kind of silly when I started working on the series? Well, when this whole series on prayer was nothing more than a few ideas floating around in my head, I started to dig a little bit deeper into the subject, started reading a little bit more about prayer, and I ran across a quote from someone who literally wrote the book on prayer that changed my way of thinking. In his book, Prayer, Richard Foster says this, says, who can ever master something in which the main object is to be mastered? Who can ever master something in which the main object is to be mastered? That little quote reminded me that none of us can master prayer. But all of us should be mastered by prayer. None of us can ever master prayer, but all of us should be mastered by prayer. And what that means is that all of us are on the journey of faith. None of us have arrived at our destination, so we are all still a work in progress. So none of us knows everything that there is to know about prayer. All of us can learn more on this subject, and all of us can still become better prayers. So over the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to talk with you about a new approach to praying. And this is an approach to praying that I learned at some point over the course of the last 32 years. And it's a way of praying that I return to time and time again in my life especially when I'm feeling stressed out or anxious. So this is a way that I pray whenever things start feeling like they're out of my control. And let's just be honest here. There's been a whole lot that's happened in the life of our church and the world all around us that has made me feel like I haven't been in control over the last few years. So this way of praying is all about trying to align what's in your heart with what God has in his heart for you. So this way of praying is about pouring out what's in your heart, your deepest feelings, your deepest fears to God in your prayers, and then listening to what God promises you inside of the Bible. So that's what we've talked about the last couple of weeks. We've talked about how we can pour our hearts out to God and how God pours his heart out to us. So we're not going to dig deeper into those today. But I will remind you here that if you've missed either of those sermons or if you just want a little refresher, you can always visit our website at mhbclouisville.com or you can visit our social media on Facebook or on YouTube and you can watch replays of those or any other services that you want. But today I do want to keep building on what we've been talking about when it comes to prayer. And what I want to share with you today might just be the most important thing that I've learned about prayer in my life. And this is a lesson that I learned as I read a particular parable that Jesus shares with us in the Gospel of Luke. And a parable is just a short story with a point, in case you're wondering. But in Luke chapter 18, and if you've got a Bible with us, if you're here with us in person, I encourage you to grab that. Or if you're worshiping with us online and you've got a Bible close by, go ahead and grab that and turn to Luke chapter 18. And as you're finding Luke chapter 18, let me just give you a little background and remind you that Luke is one of the first four books that we find inside of the New Testament. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. And these first four books, we call them the Gospels. 
And we call these four books the, war, the Gospels because the word gospel means good news. So these four books, they all tell us the good news of Jesus. So the book of Luke is basically a biography of Jesus. So inside of the book of Luke, you will find stories about Jesus' birth, and you'll find stories about his baptism. You'll find stories about Jesus' ministry, and you'll find stories about the miracles that Jesus performed. You'll find stories about Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection. But today I want to focus in on a story, a parable, that Jesus shares with us in Luke chapter 18. So let's take a look at Luke 18 together, and we'll start reading in verse 1. Here's what it says. Jesus was telling them, that is, his disciples, a parable about their need to pray continuously and not to be discouraged. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him asking, give me justice in this case against my adversary. For a while he refused, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or respect people but I will give this widow justice because she keeps bothering me. Otherwise, there will be no end to her coming here and embarrassing me. The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Won't God provide justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he he be slow to help them? I tell you, he he will give them justice quickly. But when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faithfulness on the earth? So let's take a minute and let's talk about what happened in that parable that we just read. So as this passage begins, we're told that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples how they can pray continuously without feeling disappointed. And then he goes on to tell them this parable, this short story with a point about this persistent widow. And in this story, this widow is coming before a judge day after day after day, and she's coming before this judge day after day after day, telling him that, he, that she has been wronged by this adversary. And she's telling this judge that what this adversary has done to her has caused stress and anxiety in her life. And she's telling this judge that the only thing that is going to remedy the problems that have been brought about by her adversary is if justice is done. And as this widow comes before the judge, she knows that the law is on her side. She knows that the law requires justice for her. So she comes before this judge day after day after day, standing on the promises of the law, knowing that she's not going to give up until what the law has promised her has been fulfilled. And this is how Jesus teaches his disciples, how Jesus teaches us to pray continuously without feeling disappointed. He wants us to approach prayer the same way that this widow approached the problem she was having as she brought it to the judge. So what that means is Jesus wants us to come before God day after day after day with our prayers, to pour out what's in our heart to God, our deepest fears, our deepest feelings, whatever's making us stressed and anxious. And we're supposed to let God know what God can do about those things that are causing that stress and that fear and that anxiety in our lives. And then we're supposed to stand on the promises that God makes us inside of Scripture about alleviating all that fear, all that stress, all that anxiety, And we're supposed to stick with it until we receive what has been promised to us. So, are you ready to hear what might just be the most important thing that I've learned about prayer in my life? Here it is. We are not just meant to pray 
for. We are meant to pray through. We're not just meant to pray for. We are meant to pray through. Let me take a second here and explain to you the difference between praying for and praying through. So what I want you to do is imagine that when, if you're here in person, that when you came into our worship space today, that I caught you and I asked you to pray for our worship service. What would you do if I asked you to pray for our worship service? Now, the truth is that a lot of you would probably freak out if I caught you before the service and asked you to pray for our worship service because you would be afraid that I was asking you to come stand up here on the stage and lead our church in prayer. But really, if I asked you to pray for our worship service, what most people would do is say a quick little prayer and then move on to other things. So you might pray for us to feel the presence of God while we're together in this place. Or you might pray for the Spirit of God to move while we worship together. Or you might pray for us to all hear a word from God while we're together worshiping today. But you're going to say a quick little prayer, and then you're going to move on to something else. But what would you do if I asked you to pray through the worship service? If I ask you to pray through the worship service, you're going to pray from the beginning of the service all the way till the end of the service. That's how God wants us to pray. God wants us to pray through, not just for. So, if we think about this a little deeper with the story that we just read uh, about this persistent widow, we see that what it would be like if she prayed for. If this widow prayed for, what that would mean is that she would go before the judge and she would pour her heart out to the judge and she would let the judge know that this adversary has wronged her and that she wants justice. But she would do it once. But what she does, what Jesus tells us to do in this parable is to pray through, to go day after day after day, bringing that same request, that same petition before God, letting God know what's going on in our lives, what wrong we've experienced, letting God know that we're standing on the promises that God makes for us until we see it through to the other side. Personally, I love the way that dictionary.com defines the word through. When it says that through means going in on one side, and coming out on the other side. So through is going in on one side, and then it's coming out on the other side. And that's how we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to go in on one side of our prayers, with our fears, with our anxieties, with whatever it is that is stressing us out. And we're supposed to keep praying those prayers over and over again until we see it through to the other side. And when we see it through to the other side, what's going to happen is that God is going to alleviate those fears, those stresses, those anxieties in our lives. And He's going to deliver us the peace that God promises us throughout Scripture. So we are not just called to pray for. We are meant to pray through. Let's be honest here. We don't do a very good job of praying through, do we? Most of us do a pretty good job of praying for something. I do a pretty good job of praying for something. You know, if you come to me and you have a request and you ask me to pray for you, I can do that. I'll write down your name on my list and I'll pray. I'll pray for whatever concern it is you bring to me for a day or two, maybe a week, maybe even a month. But eventually, other items start making it onto my list and I don't see whatever I was praying for all the way through to the other side. But that's not what God wants us to do. 
God wants us to pray from one side to the other, from the pain until we see the resolution at the end of it. And when I think about all of the prayers that I haven't seen through from one side all the way to the other, I can't help but think of one particular story that we find inside of the Bible. And this story takes place in the book of Joshua. And the book of Joshua, uh, inside of this book, the people of Israel have returned to the land that God had promised them and their ancestors after being enslaved for 400 years in Egypt. And as they return back to the promised land, they have to reclaim this land for themselves and the people that are currently living there. And the first place that they have to reclaim as they return to the promised land is a city named Jericho. And Jericho is a fortified city. What that means is that there is a wall around Jericho. And when I say a wall, I'm not talking like a brick wall or a cinder block wall. I'm talking about a wall that is so thick that people literally live inside of this wall. And this wall is there to protect the city of Jericho from any outside armies, any outside invaders, any outside enemies. And the people of Israel are supposed to reclaim this city. Well, that seems completely impossible for them to do. But God has a plan. God has a plan for them to do the impossible. And what God wants the people of Israel to do, what he tells them to do, is that they're supposed to march around the walls of the city. But God doesn't tell them to march around the walls of the city one time. God tells the people of Israel to march around the walls of the city once a day, every day, for six consecutive days. And then on the seventh day, they're supposed to walk around the walls of that city seven times. So all total, the people of Israel are supposed to march around the walls of Jericho 13 times. But when I think about all of the requests that I haven't seen through, all of my prayers that I haven't seen through from one side to the other, I can't help but wonder, what would have happened if the people of Israel didn't make it around the walls of that city 13 times? What if the people of Israel had stopped after one time? What if they were outside and thought, man, it is just too hot and humid here in the desert. We're not doing this again. And they quit after they walked around the walls of the city the second time. What would have happened if they decided to quit after little French peas started making fun of them for what they were doing? It's a VeggieTales reference. But seriously, what would have happened if the people of Israel stopped after they walked around the walls of the city 12 times? The truth of the matter is, I don't know. I don't know, the walls of Jericho may still be standing today if the people of Israel had quit after walking around the city once or twice or 12 times because God did tell them that they were supposed to walk around the walls of the city 13 times. But I also know that God is big enough to accomplish whatever God wants to do. And what does that mean for our prayers? What does it mean for us if we stop after we've prayed once or twice or 12 times for something? What happens then? Well, again, I know that our God is a big God, and God is capable of hearing and answering any prayer that we pray before we ever even utter the words. But I also know what Jesus teaches us in this parable of the persistent widow. Jesus teaches us that we are supposed to pray with that dogged determinism day after day after day until we see that prayer through from one side to the other. So I don't know what would have happened to the people of Israel if they had quit walking around the walls of Jericho after 12 times. I don't know what happens to our prayers if we only pray for things instead of praying through them. 
But here's what I do know. I know that I don't want to give up on a prayer too soon. I don't want to give up on a prayer too soon. I don't want to be one prayer away from seeing Jericho fall. I don't want to be one prayer away from seeing the walls come tumbling down and to give up on it at that moment. And I have a feeling that if you really stop and think about it, you feel the exact same way about the things that you pray for. You don't want to quit one prayer before God is going to fulfill God's promises for you. So here's what I want to challenge you to do today. I want to challenge you to not just pray for. I want to challenge you to pray through. I want to challenge you to to not just pray for things once or twice or even 12 times. I want you to keep on praying until you see God's promises fulfilled on the other side of that prayer. I want you to pray not just for, but through all of your fears, all of your anxieties, all of the stress and disappointment that you have in your life, clinging to the promises that God makes us, that God will be with us, and that God will bring us peace in our lives until you've seen that prayer to the other side. I don't want you to just pray for your family, for your friends, for your community. I want you to pray through all of those prayers that you lift up for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for the community that we live in. Because that's what God wants for all of us. But I do have to give you a word of warning here. There will be prayers that you pray that you will never see through to the other side. There will be prayers that you pray, not just for days or weeks or months or even years. There will be prayers that you may pray for decades that you never see all the way through to the other side. And nobody is ever going to be able to explain to you why some of those prayers never seem to make it through. But I also know that that's how God tells us and teaches us to pray in this passage, this parable from Luke. Jesus tells us to pray all the way through, to stick with our prayers, the same way that this persistent widow stuck with her case as she came before that judge. We're supposed to be like her. Coming before God day after day after day. The same way that she went before that judge day after day after day. Bringing that same request, that same petition, that same plea about this adversary who had wronged her before God, before the judge. Waiting for the judge to deliver the justice that the law had promised her. We're supposed to bring our petitions, our, our prayer concerns, our requests, like we talked about the first week in the series, our demands before God, saying to God, these are the things that are happening in my life that are causing me pain. These are the things that are happening that are causing me stress and anxiety. These are the wrongs that are happening in my life that I need you to resolve, God. And the only way they're going to be resolved is if you help me see it through and see those promises fulfilled. But ultimately, you have to be the one who decides how you're going to pray. You have to decide if you are going to pray for things or if you're going to pray through things. It's not a decision I or anyone else can make for you. You have to decide. You have to decide if you're willing to pray the same way that this widow comes before the judge. You have to pray. You have to decide if you're going to pray with the perseverance that this widow showed in this parable. You have to decide if you're going to pray continuously 
without being disappointed, you have to decide if you are going to see your prayers through from one side to the other side. And I hope that you will. I hope that you'll commit to praying in a different way. I hope that you'll commit to praying through, not just for. That you'll commit to being persistent. To praying day after day after day. Waiting for God's promises to come through. But that's more than just a hope that I have. It's also a prayer that I'll pray for each and every one of us. For you and for me. And it's a prayer that I intend to see through. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, we thank you for the story that we've heard today of this persistent widow and for what it teaches us about the way that you want us to pray continuously without being disappointed. Because God, you know that most of us do an okay job of praying for things where we'll lift up a concern to you once or twice before we move on to something else. But very few of us do a very good job of praying our prayers through. So God, my hope and my prayer for everyone that can hear my voice right now is that you give us the same spirit that this widow in the parable had. The spirit of consistency, the spirit of continuity, the spirit of persistence. And remind us of the promises that you make to us, God. Because, God, you want us to know that you're with us. You want us to feel your peace and your presence in our lives. You want us to be able to move past the fear, the anxiety, the stress that we have and find that peace that you promised to us. So, God, help us to stick with our prayers. Help us to see them through. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has challenged you to do more than just pray for. I hope this sermon has challenged you to pray through, because that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to pray continuously. God wants us to pray with persistence. God wants us to pray from one side of our problems through to the other side. But you know what? Praying for isn't the only problem that we have when it comes to our prayers. So next week, we're going to be talking about another issue that we all run into from time to time when it comes to our prayer life. And that's the fact that we pray prayers that are too vague sometimes. So next week, we're going to talk about why we need our prayers to be more specific. So we hope that you'll tune back in and join us when that episode drops next Tuesday. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, it will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And while you're in that app, make sure that you leave us a rating and review because those ratings and reviews will help get the word out about this podcast to other people. Also, don't forget that you're welcome to come and join us online any Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m as we worship together live. You can join us on our church website at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We would love to have you with us. Well, until next time, I'm going to be praying for you guys. I hope that you have a great week, and we will see you back here next Tuesday for another sermon podcast.